Thanks for joining us for another inspiring message from Pastor Derek Dunn, Senior Pastor of City Harvest Church in Orange County. To find out more about City Harvest or Pastor Derek, please visit chcus.org or derekdunn.org. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at chcus and at cyberderek. Well, we're going to start a new series this morning, and uh, Susan and I were praying, we were talking, and we really felt that we wanted to do uh, a series on the kingdom of God. Someone say the kingdom of God. Because that's what Jesus came to do. He came to establish a kingdom. And uh, it's so important that we understand the kingdom of God, because sometimes as believers, we know what God brought us out of, but we don't understand what he's bringing us into. Come on, turn your, turn your neighbor and say, God brought you out to bring you in. He brings us out of darkness and he brings us into light. But what does that really uh, speak to us of? So God came to establish a kingdom. Jesus came and he came as a servant, but he came to do away with the old and to bring in a new way of living. Amen. As we come to Christ, what does the Bible say? All old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. But sometimes as believers, we still stay in the old. Oh, don't get quiet on me this morning. We come to Christ, we pray the prayer, we, we believe in God, and we've got our ticket to heaven, but then we still are under the world's system. We're still under the world's way of thinking, of the world's way of doing things, but God wants us to bring, bring us out so that the kingdom of God is not just something we experience when Jesus comes back. How I many know oh, he's going to come back? He's going to split the sky. He's going to come back and establish his kingdom on earth. Are you here? But yet, so what are we doing then? We're just hiding out in the four walls of the church, just trying to survive, and oh, the world is so bad. And, and that's many uh, people's mentality as, as they're walking with Christ. That, you know, we come out from among them and so we stay in our four walls of our church among believers and the world is so evil. But no, God has called us to be salt and light. He's called us to go into the world, come on, and to preach the gospel and make a difference. But if we're no difference than them, how can we make a difference? And people, unfortunately, the stigma we have against Christianity in our nation is we're just a bunch of mean, disgruntled people that just complain about everything. Come on. And so, you know, I've said this before and I'll say it again. If we're not willing to be part of the solution, we've got no right to talk about the problem. But we are the solution. Amen. Greater is he who's in us than he who's in the world. And so we need to get the mindset of God. We need to understand what God has put in us and learn to begin to walk out of that so that we can make a difference in our world. Amen. Jesus gave his life so that the whole world would come to know him. Amen. He went to heaven. He's seated at the right hand of the Father praying. But what did he say? He told us to go. Turn to your neighbor and say, you got to go. Come on, you got to go. We've got to shine. We've got to begin to bring about his kingdom here on earth. And all the people said, amen. Amen. Now, Ephesians chapter 2, it tells us this. It says, now therefore, and he's talking to believers here, it says, you're no longer strangers and foreigners. He says, but you're now fellow citizens with the saints and you're members of the household of God. Having built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ is himself as being the chief cornerstone or the foundation piece, and whom the whole building being filled, fitted together, excuse me, grows into a holy temple in the Lord, and whom you are also being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. Father, we just thank you for your presence. 
for a wonderful time of praise and worship. God, let us have ears to hear, eyes to see what you're wanting to speak to us this morning, that God, we'd receive it, that it'd be a word in season to us. Speak beyond my words this morning. God, speak to us individually, that God, this morning, we would be pushed into what you want us to be, that we'd begin to see the kingdom of God coming forth in our life in a greater level. In Jesus' name we pray, and everyone said, Amen. Amen. So God put his kingdom. Where is his kingdom? It's here in us. Tell your neighbor, the kingdom's in you. God put his kingdom on the inside of us. And he says that we're no longer strangers or foreigners, or, or we could also put that word in there, orphans. What is an orphan? He's someone without a father. He's someone who's been abandoned. He's someone who has to try to survive. Are you here? And we're not orphans. Sometimes we have that orphan mentality. And Pastor Mike talked about that, uh, how we have a mentality and we're just trying to earn the favor of God. We don't know what we've been given and we're always under bondage. We're always trying to survive but we're not thriving in what God has for us. So we're not strangers. We're not orphans. But the Bible says now we are citizens with the saints and we're members of God's own household. And I like that word citizen. You're first a citizen of heaven before you're a citizen of America. Yeah. Oh, say amen. amen. And we need to understand that. When you, when you come into, when you talk about a citizen, what does it mean? You're under their kingdom. If you're a U.S. citizen, you have a U.S. passport. And that means you have the, the, the backing of the United States when you go overseas that they're there for you. Come on, if, if you get into trouble, they'll send the special forces in because you belong to this country. Come on. Now, you might have dual citizenship. There's those that have dual citizenship. But for us, we got to understand that we're first citizens of heaven. Yeah, we have dual citizenship. We're, we're Americans or we're, you know, from, from England and we're from the United Kingdom or wherever it is that we come from. But first, we're Christians. We belong to God. Who is our king? Are you here? Every kingdom has a king. But we don't live according to this kingdom. We live according to the kingdom of God. If you live according to this kingdom, you're going to be very stressed out in your life. Why? Because the economy of this kingdom is up and down. Stock market goes up and we celebrate and it goes down. and, And a lot of people have a lot of anxiety, you know. Why? Because they're stressed out because everything's up and down. You, someone can say something and what, the, the whole anxiety comes in and there's uncertainty. And we saw that at the beginning of the year. Everything goes down and everyone freaks out and it's the end of the world as we know it. And then it goes back up and then we get a good job report. And we're, oh, but we're just waiting for news, good news or bad news. But when we look at a kingdom, we know that a kingdom, the king is, is the king of kings and lord of lords. Are you here? Jesus, he came to do the will of his father. It's administrated by the Holy Spirit. We live according to a different kingdom. We, we, we live according to his plans, according to his principles, according to his laws, according to his ways. And there's stability. In a kingdom, you have an economy. Are you here? Every kingdom has an economy. And so we got to understand, in the, in the kingdom of God, there's an economy. Are we living according to God's economy? Or are we living according to the world's economy? Many Christians, they're under, Susan preached a great message this year about toil. You're under toil. You're under labor. That's the economy of this world. Are you here? But in the economy of heaven, things function differently. It's not about just working hard. It's about understanding that we are a representative. We're an ambassador of the king. Come on. And that God owns the cattle on a thousand hill and he provides for us. If God orders it, he's going to pay for it. And we're representing him and, and furthering his will. We don't need to worry about provision. Our prosperity is not dependent upon our bank account. Yeah. I'm going to preach over here this morning. Our economy is not dependent upon our bank account. Yeah. If it is, then you're, uh, you're in this world's economy. Yeah. 
So we got to understand God came to establish a new kingdom. Come on. Jesus didn't have a carpentry job. He gave that up and went to preaching the gospel. But come on, when he needed to pay his taxes, he went down and a fish opened his mouth and he pulled out a coin. God raised up benefactors to provide for him. When, when people didn't have enough lunch, what did he do? He lifted it up to the God who's limitless and thanked him for it. And what happened? They started giving away rather than hoarding. And the two loaves and the fish started multiplying. And at the end, it wasn't gone. There was more than enough. Some of us just, our brain just went, we got to begin to think that way. If we do everything according to numbers and things, and I understand we need to have a budget, we need to, we need to do things and be practical. I'm not talking about writing faith checks this morning. Yeah. You know, the money's not there. I'm not talking about, but, but are we doing things according to God's system? If we did everything according to budget, you wouldn't be sitting in this hall this morning. Because when God says something, we start walking and we know that he's going to be the one that takes care of it. And God provides when we need it. I was at a, uh, in Miami and you know, uh, the, the Apostle Maldonado was preaching. When they went to their, get their building, they needed $500,000 on Monday, and they had $10,000 in their, in their church account on Friday. Wow. That's a lot of pressure. But did God say or did not God not say? By Monday, when they needed to be there at 4 o'clock in the afternoon, they had more than the money that they needed in the account. So are we, are we moving toward, with God? Or are we moving according to the limitations of this world? The limitations of this world, there's a, there's a different economy in, 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 in the physical too. It's a natural economy, which if you get cancer, there's a high chance that you're not going to live. Are you here? Thank God for the treatments and we pray for the doctors and thank God for medical science. But what does the world say? It's over. Are you here? But what does God say? He says he's the healer. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Are you here? So what system are we living according? Look at our life and see what are the limitations. And, and we need to look beyond that and begin to operate in God's kingdom. Amen. Yes, God does function in the natural, but we're called to be outside of the natural. We're called to be supernatural. Yeah. That means we live according to God's economy. We live according to God's values. It doesn't care what our friends say. There's great debates now going on and something that 20 years would have shocked everybody. Now it's just a part of life. Yeah. Are you here? And I want to get there this morning. We love everyone. Are we called to love everyone? Yes. yes. Jesus loved everyone, but he didn't change his kingdom yeah. to pacify people. Yeah. Are you here? We walk in love. Love is acceptance, but love doesn't condone things. You can accept someone. God accepts everybody. They all have a free will. Are you here? But every knee will bow, every tongue will confess he's Lord. There's going to come a day of reckoning because he's the king. Are you here? So we got to understand we live according to a different kingdom. There's different standards. He's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Yeah, we need to operate in this world system, but Jesus was outside of the world system. He saw the supernatural. He was not limited by the natural. And sometimes we're just saying, God, change the natural. Change the natural. We're thinking God's going to just cause somebody to deposit something supernatural. An angel's going to go to the bank and deposit money into our account. God doesn't work that way. He works through people. He works through faith. We've got to be in a position where God can bless us. Are you here? But are we living according to limitation? You might be limited in your education. You might be li- limited in your budget. You might be limited in your wisdom. But are we going to live in that limitation or are we going to go and tap into God who is limitless? We sing that song, you know, he's limitless. Nothing's too hard for you. 
What are the dreams that you have? We limit our dreams because, oh, this is all that I can afford. This is all that I can do. This is all that I believe that I'm qualified to do. But what does the Bible say? God says far above what we can think or ask or imagine are the things that God's prepared for us. Why can't we imagine it? Because we're limited in our thinking. And we need to change our thinking and begin to think like God thinks. That's why they couldn't understand Jesus. They could never get him when they tried to twist him because Jesus just had wisdom and he always spoke about his father's kingdom. Are you here this morning? Amen? So a king is one who has influence over authority. A king has authority and dominion. He's Lord. He's Lord. There's authority. What does that mean? He has the say. He has the last say. What does dominion mean? Whatever he says, it happens. You look at history, a king or a queen could look and say, off with his head, and they would just chop the head off because they're the law. Are you here? That's a negative example. But when God says something, do we believe it? God says it. Well, I don't know about that. Well, I don't know about this. And we limit the God of heaven because we're operating according to our natural kingdom. Are you here? Amen? God has absolute authority. Jesus has all authority, the Bible says, and he has all dominion. Someone say all authority. All, authority. all, dominion. all dominion. His name is above every other name. Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that he's Lord. Yeah. Yeah. We, we got to get that. And we know it sometimes with our Christianese and our mindset. But we don't really live according to that. So what are we doing? Oh, I can't afford to tithe. You can't afford not to tithe. Because yeah. if, if you're not tithing, if you're not giving, you're not operating in God's kingdom. You're operating in your own kingdom and you're under toil of bills. Do you have bills? I have bills too. Yeah. But I don't operate according to the limitation of my income. I operate according to God's kingdom and what God says. And if God orders it, if God tells me to do something, he's going to take care of it. Yeah. Are you here? Yeah. Now, I don't get beyond that. I have to wait on God. I have to do, but sometimes you got to step out and start doing something. You got to start operating because God said it and you're not limited by that. All power, all authority, all dominion. Revelations 19 verse 16 says, and he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written, let's say it together, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. He's the King of Kings. He's the Lord of Lords. Nothing is too difficult for him. But sometimes we operate and we think that he's not. Well, he is in heaven. But we don't see it happening here on earth. Oh, why are things happening? Because we are not walking and living according to his kingdom. In the day, of, in the age that the apostles lived in, they forbid them to preach the name of Jesus Christ. And they said, woe am I if I don't preach the gospel because there's something in me. I live according to another kingdom. Nothing can stop me from preaching the gospel. And they went out and the place they were in and they prayed was shaken by the power of God. And they went out with mighty signs and wonders. God performed his will. Well, I don't believe in God. Well, who's sick here? Let's pray for them and get them healed. Who did that? I don't believe God has all authority. Well, why is that person screaming? Son of David, have mercy on me. Ah! I don't believe in demons. What was that? You say, come out in the name of Jesus. And there's authority and there's dominion. Oh, come on. Do we read the Bible or not? Are we walking in dominion? When you walk in dominion, things manifest. Jesus was loved and he was hated. They either celebrated him or they gnashed their teeth and got angry and wanted to kill him. But he lived according to different kingdoms. He went to the cross and the devil was laughing all the way. We crucified him. We got him. Demons. Oh, we won. 
But he lived according to a different kingdom. He was about his father's business. He was doing his will. The devil doesn't know what's in the mind of God. Are you here? The devil only knows when God speaks it. That's sometimes when you get a prophecy, all hell breaks loose. Because now he, he knows the purpose of God. You think, I just got a prophecy. Why is that? Because the devil didn't really know what God was going to do until God spoke it. Then he comes and tries to stop it. But he can't stop it because whatever God said will be in Jesus' name. Amen? Come on, if you believe that, give the Lord a big hand. Sometimes as believers, we think, oh, the devil, the devil, oh, the world, the world. Whose kingdom is greater? Greater is he who's in us than he who's in the world. Are you here? God's coming for a glorious church. God's coming from a church that's moving in a power, that's moving in authority. Are you here? Well, I don't want to be persecuted. Well, in the kingdom of heaven, you're persecuted because there's another kingdom that persecutes the kingdom of God. It's the kingdom of darkness. There's a, a war going on. Well, I don't want to be in spiritual warfare. Once you got saved, you're in spiritual warfare. Because you're out of a kingdom. And, oh, it's so difficult. Well, get into the kingdom. Get into God's authority. Have our mind renewed to who God is and begin to walk in the dominion that God has for us. He has dominion. He has lordship over all creation. Someone say all creation. All creation. So we're called, the Bible says, to be a dwelling place of God in the spirit. A dwelling place where God lives in us, where his power, his presence, his authority is in us. Jesus said, all power and authority has been given to me, but he said, I give it to you. Are you a believer here today? If you're not, we can take care of that. Amen. We'll give you an opportunity, come on, to come into his kingdom. It's a good kingdom. But if you're a believer, you're in the kingdom of God, you have all power. Tell your neighbor you got all power. Tell somebody behind you, say, you got authority. But are we ruling? Are we walking in that power? Are we walking in that authority? Or do we just escape once a week on Sunday? We live like the world and according to the world system and get up, go to work and, you know, take a sleeping pill every night like everybody else does and, 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 and stressed out all the time. Are we living according to God's system? What is the kingdom of God? The Bible tells us here in Romans 14 verse 17. It says, for the kingdom of God is not about eating and drinking. What is he saying? It's not just about having your needs. It's not just about bless me, bless me. I come to God because I want blessing. God bless my family, bless my job, bless my... It's just about receiving from God. And he's our big sugar daddy up in heaven. Does God want to bless us? Of course he does. When you're in a kingdom, in heaven, there's blessing. Come on, the streets are paved with gold. There's no sickness, there's no suffering, there's joy. Come on, there's no demons. God walks in dominion. The devil came up against him and he flicked him out of heaven. He's not on the same par as God. He's a creative being. God was and is and will be. (laughs) You know, devil's not very smart. How could a created being come against the creator? Duh. But we we give him power. Why? Because we're not walking according to the kingdom. He has power in the kingdom of darkness. If we're doing everything like the world is doing and getting the same results, how can we say God's involved? The world works 70 hours a week to try to prosper, and we do the same thing, and then we testify. We don't have time to serve God. We don't have time to pray. We don't have time to do anything else. That's not God. You're just working hard. You're toiling. Oh, come on. Let's get real. Amen? We've all been in that connect group where someone shared, and you were kind of like, was that really God, or was that just them? 
But when God does something, you know, you're away at a conference and your house closes because God's doing it while you're not even working and God's working for you. Come on, that's God. People say, how did you do that? I didn't do it. I'm functioning according to God's clothes. You know, when everyone says things are going down and you say, no, I'm going up. Come on, someone's prospering all the time. It's our mindset. If you think it's going to be a bad year, guess what? There's a law of expectation. Whatever you expect, whatever you put your faith in or fear in is going to happen. But if you're living according to God's kingdom, come on, there's no recession in God's kingdom. Are you here this morning? We need to change our mind because sometimes we, the problem is our thinking. The kingdom of God is not about eating and drinking, but it's about righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Let's say that together. It's about righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. For he who serves Christ in these things is acceptable to God and what? Approved by men. So the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. It's found in the Holy Spirit or through the Holy Spirit. So we need to live the Spirit-filled life. We need to walk after the Spirit. We need to allow Him to be that administrator, representative of God in the earth because everything comes through Him. The Jesus said in John 4 that the Holy Spirit would come. He wouldn't speak of Himself, but He'll speak the things that He hears. He'll speak the things of the Father, the things of Jesus, and He'll take all the things that are His and He'll give them to us. No wonder the devil puts the lie in the church that the Holy Spirit's not for today. The Holy Spirit's passed away. He's gone back to heaven. So there's no administrator on earth. But didn't Jesus said, I don't leave you as orphans? I'm giving you someone who will be your helper and your paracletos. Come on, we need a helper. I don't know about you, but I need a helper in all that I do. The Holy Spirit is still active in the earth. But if we believe a lie, the Bible says my people die before lack of knowledge. And we don't have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. We're not going to see the things of God operating in our lives. Are you here? So this morning, I want to talk to you about the first part. Next week, Pastor Susan's going to talk about peace. And then we're going to end off talking about joy. The kingdom of God is about righteousness. Someone say righteousness. Righteousness. What is righteousness? The first aspect of the kingdom of God is righteousness. Righteousness in the simplest definition is right standing with God. Come on, turn your neighbor and say, if you're a believer, you're in right standing with God. That means we don't have, there's no condemnation this morning. Come on, if you messed up this week, you don't need to come and like think God's against you and he's angry at you. You're in right standing with God because of Jesus Christ. Righteousness, I put this up, is knowing, is being in, and is doing the will of God. Righteousness is knowing, being in, and doing the will of God. So again, we're talking about a kingdom of here, the kingdom of God. It operates through the principle of righteousness. You can't have authority if you don't know you're in right standing in the kingdom. You can't have dominion if you don't, don't know you're in right standing with what God's will is. Are you here? Yeah. So we've got to understand it's knowing, being, and doing the will of God. If it's, it, it, what, sometimes we pray and we don't know it's the will of God, so we have unanswered prayer. Many Christians live lives where they're unfulfilled. Why? Because they're uncertain about God's will. And so what do we do? We create religious slogans. If it be your will, Lord... If it be your will. And we don't know. God doesn't answer prayers like that. Jesus never prayed a prayer like that. Are you here? We've got to know what God's kingdom is about. The attributes of the kingdom. And then we pray according to those attributes. The greatest stronghold in the life of, of a man or woman is ignorance. 
Because if you don't know his will, you're going to be uncertain. But if you know his will, and you know that God is the King of kings and the Lord of lords, when God said it, that settles it. When God said it, I don't care what the opposition is. I don't look at the natural. I don't walk by sight, but I walk according to what God says. I'm living according to a different kingdom. Jesus didn't live according to this world's kingdom. He didn't come as a king on the throne, and everybody came down to worship him. He came, he was born in a manger. Because he wanted to emulate to the world that he's the Savior. Wanted to emulate to the world that he didn't come to seek to be served, but he came to serve. He wanted to emulate the love of God that no love does a man have, no greater love does a man have than he lay down his life for his friends. He set a different standard and they couldn't understand it. The Pharisees, the scribes, those that were religious, those that lived according to the old, they couldn't see him. They rose up against him. But he lived, he said, my my desire, my my will is to do the will of the Father. Unless I see him do it, I don't do it. Unless he wants me to say it, I don't say it. But what did he say? He said, just as the Father and I are one, now you are going to be one with me. And you're going to be one with the Father. Come on. So that means what? We can walk in a place where we say what God wants us to say. We do what God wants us to do. Come on. We're being and we're walking in who God says that we are supposed to be. Are you here this morning? Someone say righteousness. Righteousness. Now there's two aspects of righteousness and we get this very confused, especially in our day. The first type of righteousness is what we call positional righteousness righteousness or we use this in theology we call it imputed righteousness what does that mean you are righteous before God not for anything you've done but because of what he's done when God looks down at Pastor Troy this morning he doesn't see Troy Marshall in all of his shortcomings he sees Jesus when he looks at Adam he he sees Jesus when he looks at Evia he, he sees Jesus when he looks at Matt he sees Jesus we are righteous because not of ourselves, our righteousness, our works, as there's filthy rags. Nothing we can do can earn the approval of God. Yeah. It's because of who Jesus is and because of what Jesus has done. And if we believe in our heart, we confess on our mouth unto, that he's Savior, Lord, that he died, he was crucified, he was buried. On the third day, he rose again, he ascended to heaven, he's coming again. Accept him and make him the Lord of our life. We come out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. And even though we might not know the word, we don't even know anything. We still got issues in our life. Come on. Turn to your neighbor and say, I know he's talking about somebody you know. <laughs> come on. We all got issues. We're all a work in progress. But that doesn't, just because we're not perfect yet, he's perfect, and God looks at us, and we are perfected because of Jesus Christ. We have positional righteousness. Are you here? We can't become more righteous in the eyes of God. We can't earn more favor in the eyes of God by anything we do. It's not our unrighteousness which God sees. It's Christ's righteousness. Are you here? So we need to understand that. But we got to understand there's a second type of righteousness, which is practical righteousness. And much of the church today doesn't understand that. They just want to deal with positional righteousness because then it's all about Jesus and we don't have to do anything. We don't need to become like Christ. We don't need to work through things in our life. We've got our ticket to heaven. It's all about Jesus. Jesus is wonderful and he is wonderful. But there's another type of righteousness. If we want to walk in dominion, we want to walk in authority... You can't have power over something that has power over you. Are you here? So if you're a Christian and you're struggling with, with, with guilt and shame, you're struggling with sin, 
and then you want to cast that sin, that demon out of someone else, you're not going to be able to have authority over it because it's, it has authority in your life. Are you here? That's why when the disciples wanted to cast out the spirits, Jesus said, this kind only comes out with prayer and fasting. What was he saying? You need to get a little bit more righteous and deal with some stuff in your own life before you can have authority over it in someone else's life. Are you here? We are not qualified to preach to others what we're not living in our own life. Come on, I can't talk to you about prosperity. I can't talk to you about giving if I'm robbing God. Are you here? Come on, if I don't believe in healing myself, I can't preach healing to you. Signs and wonders follow the preaching of the gospel. But it involves faith. If you don't have faith in your own life to live it, you can't bring that to someone else. Are you here? So it's practical righteousness. Another word for practical righteousness is what we call progressive righteousness. Someone say progressive righteousness. This has to do with transformation. Bible says we go from faith to faith. We go from glory to glory that we're being transformed into the stature to the image of Christ. Come on, how many of you know you're a work in progress, but you're not there yet? <laughs> I'm not there yet. Are you here? I'm still becoming more and more like Jesus, and hopefully I'm getting more and more like, better like him every day. But there's still things in my life that God's working through. There's still issues in my life that we have to struggle with. The pride of life, the deceitfulness of riches, the lust of the flesh. Renewing our mind to think how God thinks. And anyone will tell you, when you just got saved, how many of you got saved, you still had some issues you needed to deal with? God didn't raise a magic wand and that was it. Now God's sovereign and some people, you know, I've seen people got delivered of, of cigarettes, got delivered of drugs instantly. But they still had to walk it out. Are you here? Because we're all becoming more and more like Jesus. But that doesn't make us unrighteous. That's part of the transformation process. And Paul told us in Romans 13 verse 14, are you learning something this morning? He said, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision of the flesh to fulfill its lusts. This is talking about practical righteousness. We have to put on Christ. Turn your neighbor and say, you got to put on Christ. What does it mean to put on Christ? That means we can put on other things. We can put on toil. Are you here? We can put on fear. Even though God's not giving us a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind, Paul still had to remind Timothy. Remember the prophecies. Remember the things. Wage a good warfare. Are you here? Sometimes you can get depressed as a Christian. We struggle with depression. We struggle with negativity. You know, some of us, maybe we got up this morning and something hit us because it's a rainy day. The bed was calling, stay in bed, stay in bed. If you're watching on the internet, we love you this morning, but you should be here. It's better here. Are you here? We war against the flesh. Are you here? But what does the Bible say? Put on Christ. What is he saying? It's indicating we haven't fully experienced Christ. So what does it say? Put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Start praising God. Well, I don't want to get into praise, so I want to show up late for the service. You miss half, the, you miss half of it. Because praise is preparing our heart to deal with God. Come on. This morning, I didn't feel like running. I had four hours sleep last night. Are you here? I don't feel like I'm going to dance. But you know, when I start to run a little bit, something hits me. When I start to dance a little bit, my wife says I don't dance very well, but I think I do. You know? <laughs> when you dance, something happens. Joy starts. You're breaking stuff off of your life because I'm not operating by what I feel, by what I see. I'm operating according to the kingdom of God. Are you here? 
So as we receive the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is transforming us. He's continually changing us into the image of Christ. How many want to be more like Jesus? Amen? Keep pressing, Paul said, towards the mark of the high calling, Philippians 3, that God's calling us higher. So at the same time, we're filled with righteousness by Christ. We're in the process of becoming righteous through the power of the Holy Spirit because we are unrighteous in ourselves. So there's a practical righteousness. There's a positional righteousness that God is bringing about in our life. And we need to understand that. Are you here? God accepts us as fully righteous, but he loves us too more. God's more concerned with our character than our comfort. Because he wants Christ to be formed in us. Are you here? The difference between positional and progressive righteousness is not the difference between grace and works. Both work through grace. God's grace in us is transforming us. God's grace in us has made us in right standing with him. What is grace? It's not just a, a license to sin, a license to live how we want to. Grace is the power of God that enables us to do the will of God even though we're not able. When Paul said, remove this thorn from my flesh, remove the things that are are buffeting me, God said, my grace is sufficient for you in your weakness. My strength is made perfect. So whatever we're we're facing in our life, what do we do? Just say, grace, grace. When you lose it, say, grace, grace. God, help me. You have a problem with your temper, ask God to help you. You got a problem believing God in finances. You got a problem in your marriage and portraying Christ or or being a parent to your kids and, and walking in unconditional love when they're all teenagers. And all, and all those that teenagers said, amen. I got great kids though, but, but sometimes. Are you here? His grace is sufficient. Tell your neighbor his grace is sufficient. It's an empowering grace. It's not just a saving grace, but it's an empowering grace. It's an enabling grace. Are you here? Matthew 6 and verse 10, Jesus said this. He prayed, may your kingdom come and what you want be done here on earth and here in heaven. See, that's what we're talking about here. May what you want to be done here on earth be done as it is in heaven. Are you here? I'm not here to get political, but there's certain things that are happening in our nation. It just irks me. When you see that, you know, what's going on with the abortion issue. When you see what's going on with marriage. When you see the perversion and things that are going on. You see our national debt. You see all these things that are contrary to the kingdom of God. We need to pray. We need to do something different. We need to live according to a different system. Are you here? Now, footnote here, we're not going to take over the world because Jesus is still going to come. And he said he's going to create a new heaven and a new earth because this earth fell under sin, but he's going to redeem it. But in our life, we have the kingdom. We're not limited by this world system. We don't live according to the world system. We have the kingdom of God inside of us so we can walk in dominion and live according to a different standard in our life. It's like the blood, you know, in the Old Testament that was upon the houses when the angel of death came, it passed over those who were in the blood. Are you in the blood this morning? So those things pass over us. Why? Because we are in Christ. He's our deliverer. He's our victory banner. He's our Jehovah Jireh. He'll provide us. He said, even if I have to feed you with the ravens, you will not lack any good thing. And so there's an exchange that's going on. And there's going to come an exchange from from the wealth of the the world coming into the church. But we got to get ready and we got to live according to a different system. We got to position ourselves to God knows what's going to happen in the market. God knows what's going to happen to business. God knows what the next technological advancement is. Yeah. But are we downloading from the king 
or are we living according to a different kingdom? Whether, it doesn't matter who's king. There were bad kings and good kings in Israel. But God still had his way because they were his people. Come on, if you believe that, give the Lord a big hand. Amen? Your kingdom come. Your will be done. What you want to be done, let it be done on earth as it is in heaven. So how do we appropriate the righteousness in our lives? Number one, you've got to know the will of God. How can you stand up against something that's against God or contrary to his kingdom if you don't know the kingdom? You study there's counterfeit money out there and, you know, I've heard stories of people that had counterfeit money and, you know, they went and didn't even know it. They were overseas somewhere and they got a counterfeit $100 bill or something. It was a preacher. If I said his name, you'd know. And he went into Staples with $300 to buy something and one of the $100 was counterfeit. And the police came and it was a a big mess. They stopped him and thought he was involved in counterfeiting because he'd been overseas. I'm not getting off tangent, but stuff happens. But how do people know what's counterfeit? Not by studying what's counterfeit. You study what's real. You study what's right. And you're able to spot out what's wrong. And so we need to have understanding. We need to know the will of God. What is the will of God for you in your life? What is the will of God for you and your family? What is the will of God for you and your business? What is the will of God for you and, and his part that he wants you to play in his kingdom? We're all members of the body, but every joint supply. What is the will of God? You've got to know it or you'll just be coasting along with the status quo. Just be part of the herd. You know what the herd does? They just follow who's ever in front of them. This is what everybody else is doing. Let's do it, you know? Keeping up with the Joneses. But if they're falling off the cliff, you don't want to be in the herd because those behind you will push you and you go right off the cliff with the rest. Are you here? So part of being in the kingdom is being countercultural. Yes. Not that, you know, I know some preachers and they're always, you know, I, you know California and Orange County and, and you know, you better turn or you're going to burn. And they just have this sour spirit. Don't be against. There's a lot of good things God's put in our territory. You gotta, I love here. Come on, I love being here. It's more expensive than a lot of places, but praise God. We don't have rain all the time. We don't have humidity. Come on, the beach is there. The beauty is there. There's a progressiveness is there. There's an internationalism that's there. I love it. I'm, there's much worse places to be called. Are you here? I love this territory because God put it in my heart. Are you here? But there's things that we need to change. There's things we need to be countercultural in in the church. Are you here? Because we need to equip people to do what God's called them to do. But don't, don't be against something. Turn it around towards God. God is a redeemer. He doesn't cut everything off and destroy it. He redeems it and puts it back to its original intention and purpose for his kingdom. And we need to do that. Hollywood's great. Whatever we do here goes around the world. So let's do something for Jesus and let it go all around the world. Thank you for those four amens. Are you here? Transformation is the work of the Holy Spirit. So we need to know the will of God. First John 5 verse 14 says, This is the confidence. Someone say confidence. confidence. That we have in approaching God. That if, he ask, that if we ask anything, what? According to His will, He will hear us. If you're asking things and it's not being done, you need to take a step back. Is it my will or His will? Whatever I ask for, God's going to give me. No, no, no. Whatever he, you ask for when you're in the spirit of prayer and the Holy Spirit's praying the will of God through you, it will be done. You don't believe me? Go out and pray that the sky will turn a different color. It's blue. Go out and pray that the stars will disappear. 
It ain't going to happen. It's not the will of God. He put that in motion when he said, let there be lie. Are you here? Well, I pray God's going to give me that woman as my, my wife. Well, she's already married. That ain't the will of God. Say amen. Well, I heard the Lord. That ain't the Lord. You know, some, people, some Christians, if you, you meet them, you think God is schizophrenic. Because he's always changing his mind. Well, the Lord said this, and then two days later, the Lord said that, you know. The Lord called me to this church, and two weeks later, well, the Lord told me to leave. Well, where did he tell you to go? I don't know yet. That's not the God I know. Or is it something else? I'm not even going to go there, but well, is it something else? What? If God said it, it's going to happen. Are you here? It may take a time. Jesus said he's coming back soon. We're like, it's, not, it's been 2,000 years. Well, to day to the Lord is 1,000 years. It's only been two days. That's not a long time in the mind of God. When you live outside eternity, come on. It's still soon. Are you here? We get a prophecy. We think it's going to happen tomorrow. God spoke to us. We're gonna, I'm going to bring you back to America. You're going to plant a church. It was seven years before that happened. Why? God had to get us to the place where we had to go because we knew it was God. So when we got here and we faced difficulties, we knew it was God. Are you here? It wasn't an emotional. You get excitement, excited about the announcement. I'm bringing you into the promise land. Woohoo! Milk and honey. Yes. And then you realize there's giants. What's up with the giants, God? Yeah, you're going to slay them. God, you left that part out. God kind of tricks us sometimes. You know? Tells us the end stage, the blessing stage. And then you get there. Like, What's up with the battles? Like, I thought, you know. Yeah, greater is he who thinks you're more than a conqueror. Well, you got, if you want to be more than a conqueror, you got to conquer some stuff. If not, how can you be more than a conqueror? Are you here? God's working something. It's the process that he's working in us. Are you here? It happens according to his will. So prayer begins by knowing the will of God. What is the will of God concerning your finances? What is the will of God concerning your family? Concerning your business? Concerning your education? Well, my parents just told me to go to school, and you know, the world says that this will be in demand in five years, so I'm studying that, and I hate it. That's probably not the will of God for you. I know some people like that, miserable, spent 100000 on education or more, and hate what they're doing. Because it wasn't the will of God. It was just someone said, this is what you need to do. Are you here? Get the will of God. Even in the will of God, there's battles to be faced. But you got to know you're in the will of God. Where the will of God is not known, we can't pray with authority. We cannot appropriate the kingdom of God because if, we're not, if we don't know it, it can't be done. If there's no knowing, there's no confidence, there's no faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by what? The word of God. We could say the word of God or the will of God. Because the word is his will. It's the same yesterday, today, forever. His word doesn't change. His will doesn't change. Are you here? God doesn't change his mind. So we need to know the word of God. We need to know the will of God in our situation. If not, it won't be done. God can use someone. He wants to use us to cause his will to be done. Jesus did that. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What did he do? He brought about the will of God. Because he knew the will of God. So when someone's sick, we shouldn't pray, well, Lord, if it's your will. Jesus didn't pray that way. What did he say? Be healed. Because he knew the will of God. So we've got to know the will of God. Romans 5 verse 8 says, but God demonstrates his own love for us while we were yet sinners. Christ died for us. What was the will of God? To restore us to fellowship with him. 
So he gives us uh, imputed righteousness. He gives us, and he's working in us so that we can be restored to his kingdom. So you must know the will of God. Say, I must know the will of God. Number two, if you want to walk in righteousness, you must be in the will of God. Even the devil knows the will of God. But he's not righteous. Are you here? So not just know the will of God, but be in the will of God. I put this up. Knowing the will of God is one thing, but being in the will of God is another thing. Being in the will of God is a place of obedience. It's a place where you know you're doing, I can say right here, right now, I am in the will of God. It's not just permissible. It's not just acceptable. It's the perfect will of God. Now, there's times I haven't been, and I need to make adjustments, but that gives me a confidence. Because I know I'm called. I know what God's called me to do. I know I'm on time. I'm doing what God wants me to do. Are you here? So we've got to be in the will of God. Romans 12 verse 2 says, Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Why? You've got to know the will of God. And when you know it, you can prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. If you don't know it, well, I hope it's God's will. I hope I'm in God's will. Well, you better not just hope. Are you here? Are you doing and, 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 and being what God wants you to be? You must be in the will of God. People, to, to, to him who knows to do right, him who knows the will of God, and he doesn't do it to him, it is what? Sin. Sin. So there's protection in being in the will of God. But if you're out of the will of God, you're out of protection. Are you here? Now, God will still not let you be destroyed. But what does God do? He turns you over for the destruction of your flesh so that your soul will get saved. Anyone been out of the will of God before? I have. It wasn't a comfortable place. It's a scary place. And that's part of the fear of the Lord. The Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Why? I've done enough for the kingdom of God to know I don't want to be out of the kingdom of God and in the kingdom of darkness. Because the devil's out there waiting to kill, to destroy but there's no fear because I'm in the will of God. Are you here? And there's grace. I'm not talking about making a mistake. But if you consistently live in an area of sin and live in a disobedience to God and you rebel against the will of God, you're in for some hard times. I've learned something. One wise preacher told me this when I was a young man. He said this, there's the easy road and the hard road, but God will still have his way. Why? Because he's God. He's the king of kings and lord of lords. But I've learned, I want to take the easy road. I want to take the the right road, you know. For example, some of us, we know we need to pray, right? But we only pray when we're in problems. We only pray when we're in trouble. No wonder why we have a lot of trouble. Because that's the only time we get, God gets to spend time with us. Getting in the will of God. Being in that place of obedience. To walk in right standing, being led by the Holy Spirit. If you're led by the Holy Spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. The Bible says, set your mind on the things of God. Be led by the Spirit of God, and He will lead you in His will. He'll lead you according to His word. The steps of the righteous are ordered by the Lord, and the path that we get gets brighter and brighter and brighter. We might go through some difficulties, but even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil because God is with me. I'm in the will of God, and I'm passing through into the promised land and what God has said for me. Come on. Believe that. Give the Lord a big hand. Amen? Be in the will of God. 
Say, well, I'm out of the will of God. Well, repent. Just say, God, I'm sorry. I'm out of your will. Get me back in. It's that easy. And start doing what you know to do. Well, God doesn't speak to me anymore. God used to speak to me. Well, what's the last thing he told you to do? Go back and do it, and he'll start speaking again. God doesn't speak to those who don't listen. God doesn't speak to those who don't speak. Are you here? If you say what God's saying, he'll tell you a lot because he knows you're going to say it. You want to be a steward? I'm a steward of God. Well, when God tells you to give, give. Don't, you don't need five confirmations and fast and pray for 40 days. If he says give, give, and guess what? He gives seed to the sower. So there's a constant flow. Why? Because if God says bless, you bless here and you bless there and you give and you do your things and, and God moves your heart and you're not concerned about your economy, you're, you're living in God's economy and you're a steward. Then if God can get money through you, God will bring money to you. You're blessed to be a blessing. God wants to take care of your family, but he wants to use you to be a blessing to the nations. Come on, that we're lend. We're not a borrower, but we're a lender. Right. Yes. Number three, you learning something? Yeah. Righteousness is also then, not must you just know the will of God, not must you just be in the will of God, but you must do the will of God. And there's a difference. It's not enough to know it. It's not enough to be in it. You must do it. James 1 verse 22 says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do it, what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror. You see your face. You see what needs to be done, but you don't do anything about it. Are you here? When you know the will of God and you're in the will of God, you're in right standing with God. Guess what? Now you accomplish the word of God. You do the will of God. You walk in kingdom dominion. You walk in kingdom authority and you bring about God's purpose. His kingdom come, his will be done. Not just for me and my family, but now I'm walking in the dominion because I'm living it in my life. I have authority in my life. Therefore, I can begin to bring that dominion into the lives of other people. I can begin to bring that dominion into the, into the marketplace. Are you here? And that's what God has called us to do. We now walk in kingdom authority. It's not just something we've received, but it's something that's a part of us, and it determines how we live. It determines how we talk. It determines how we walk. It determines the decisions that we make, because we do everything according to his kingdom. Are you here? And that's what God's called us to do. That's the life of faith. Knowing what God is leading us to do and accomplishing it. Like the musicians to come. What is faith? Faith sees the invisible. What is God wanting to do in your life this year? What is God wanting to see in your business? What is God wanting to do through you to make this world a better place? If you can't see it, you'll never do anything. Faith sees the invisible. Someone said this, what is unthinkable is uncreatable. What is unthinkable is uncreatable, meaning if you can't visualize it, if you can't see it, it's not going to happen. If you can't see yourself prosperous, if you always see yourself in lack, if you always see yourself in struggle, you will not prosper. If you can't see yourself as a manager, you can't see yourself as a business owner, you can't see yourself and believe that God wants to bring that in your life, you'll always be working for someone else. The Holy Spirit is a creative spirit. And as the king, we're walking in king, we're wanting to be walking obedience. What does God want to do? Deuteronomy 28 says he wants to bless us. He wants to prosper us. That we remember the Lord our God. 
that he's the one who gives us the power, that he'll raise us up, that all the nations will know that he is the true and the living God. God wants to bring us out of natural thinking and just the mundane into the supernatural. Lift our eyes just above what what we think. Far above what we think or imagine is what God wants to do. Begin to allow the Holy Spirit to take the blockage off of our eyes. That we begin to see. Life isn't just about going to church and being in a connect group and working and paying bills. David said he served God in this generation. What is God wanting you to do? Come on. Creativity. I always think of this. I've said this before. Think of the guy who invented the paperclip. Just playing around. Oh, this would be kind of cool. This could hold paper. Multi-millionaire now. Billionaire probably. How hard was that? What's the difference? He allowed creativity to come. What are the things that the gospel? Cindy Jacob spoke that in our church we would have YouTube millionaires. Someone should be praying about that. Who is that? The church ain't that big that right now. 120 people. Didn't say millionaire, millionaires. That means there's at least two of you here. Turn your neighbor's side. I think it's me. Come on. God spoke it, but how many of us can say, well, that must not be me. It must be Mac, you know? He looks really wise because he's got gray hair. We look at our limitation. We look at someone else. Oh, it must be that they look prosperous. Oh, they're a business person. What about you? David was forgotten back in the pasture up on the hills with the sheep. When the prophet came to anoint the king of Israel, the dad didn't even think of bringing him down. But God saw him. He was worshiping, dreaming, seeing. Are you here? When he went to slay the giant, Goliath, all the big soldiers, the macho men, they were all scared because they couldn't see it. They're operating in this world system. He's eight feet, nine feet. I'm five feet, six foot. He's big, I'm small. Not possible. Here comes a little boy. They put the armor on him and he was a scrawny little guy. Couldn't even wear the armor. But he said, how dare you defy the armies of the living God. I will slay you not by my might, but I will slay you by the might of God. Came with his huge sword, big shield. He picks up stones. Little slingshot. Goliath was laughing. But come on, God took that that rock and just blew on it. Poof, poof, right between the eyes. And he was dead. Why? Because he could see it. Why? Because he was in the king. He knew this is God. How dare you come against the kingdom of God? He's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. I don't care who's the king of the Philistines. My God is greater. My God is the true and the living God. And yeah, there's many roads that get to heaven, but there's only one way to the Father. is Jesus Christ. Come on. And we, we respect other religions. We don't come and tear them down and, and offend people. Paul didn't do that when he went to, to Athens. He said, the God that you are worshiping that's made with human hands, it's made with human hands, but you're really seeking the God that I know. And he turned it around. He got there. We have people coming to our church and, you know, oh, I'm a Muslim. I can't come to church. I said, why not? Well, I'm a Muslim. I'm not a Christian. I said, we love Muslims. Come. We've had Muslims get saved and get baptized. We love Buddhists. Come. You're a Taoist. We'll take you. That's how Jesus was. 
and let the love of God touch people and open up their hearts. People don't know what they believe sometimes. They just know what they've been taught. There's no power in it. But love breaks the heart of people. The hardest heart of stone becomes a heart of flesh because of the presence of God. Can you see it? If you can see it, you can have it. If it's the will of God. What is now invisible becomes visible through faith. I don't know how, but I know I see. I see what God's going to do. Come on. I don't see the problems. I don't see the lack. I I see what God's doing. I see a church called by God, a people that are strong disciples that love God with all their heart, all their strength, that's all them, that love their neighbor like their self, come on, that want to make a difference in their world for Jesus, come on, we're raising up fervent disciples of Jesus Christ, come on, I see other churches in Orange County, I see us going up towards LA, I see celebrities coming in, I see business people coming in that are living without life, wanting to come in and make a difference for Jesus, that want to be, slay the giants of their world, raising up influences. Come on, David started out in the cave with the down and out, the distraught, the broke, and he's supposed to be the king, and he's running, and there's a, there's a price on his head. But come on, he sowed into it, believed in him, and he raised up mighty men and mighty women of God that slayed the giants in his land. David slayed a giant, but they slayed the giants. Are you here? Decision converts faith into power. Decision, I'm going to believe. As for me and my house, I'm going to sow. I don't care if anybody else believes. I believe. But, 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 pastor. No, no, no. There's no but. But God. If God said it, that settles it. We can get better. We can come along. And I'm not saying we know everything. And, you know, God will bring people in that. Bring value and add. But we know where we're headed. We know where we're going. Well, I don't know about that. I think that's just something God will do in Asia. No, it's not an Asian thing. It's a kingdom thing. We're not building an Asian thing. We're not building an American thing. We're not building a, a European thing. We're building a kingdom thing. I was just in Miami, blown away here in America. 7,000 people, 81 nations coming and worshiping God. But come on, there are many colors, there's many languages, but there's one voice. Come on, we all pray in the spirit. We all worship God and there's other words, but nobody cares because we're worshiping one Jesus and all the nations come on bended knees to worship and lift up the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. There's one spirit, there's one word, there's one God. Come on. Thank God for the different nationalities of here. People say, oh, you know, how do you get black people? What's the program you have? I just love black people. Well, you got Hispanics. Do you have a Hispanic service? No. Now, we might get headsets if people have a problem listening. We'll help with language, but we just love people. I don't care if you're black or white or yellow or whatever color. God loves people. We love people. It's not a program. It's not train me how to do that. Just love people and God will bring all different kinds of people. They're God's colorblind. We don't even think about it. Someone's oh, wow, you're really multicultural. I'm like, really? Just look. Oh, I guess we are. Just love people. Come on. People of faith that are united around a love for God. But we got to make a decision. You got to make a decision to step out in faith. It's not enough to just know it. It's not enough just to know I'm in the will of God. But come on, you got to step out of the boat and begin to walk on water. You got to step out. Come on, stretch forth your hands so we can heal. You got to speak. You got to get into that creative. You got to get into the business world. You got to get into your school. Come on and, and begin to step out and walk in the dominion that God has had you. Make a decision and act upon it. God's put in us the will. He said, choose you this day whom you will serve. 
Our will is a very powerful thing. It's like the rudder in our life. What is 2019 going to be for you? But what do you will it to be? Don't just will it yourself, but what does he will it to be? It's not enough that God wills it, but I'm going to put my will in agreement with God. Come on. And that is, there's power in that agreement. Because if God said it, I still have to believe it. If God said it, I still got to walk in obedience because he doesn't force anyone. He desires all men would be saved, but he doesn't force people to accept him. Even though hell was not made for human beings... If you reject him and you will to say, I don't want Jesus, he won't force you. He won't force you. He wants his love to draw us, but he won't force you. There are those when he comes back that even though he splits the sky and comes in glory, they will set their will against him. But he won't force them, but a judgment will come eventually because they have to reap what they sow. They have to reap the decision they made, but he doesn't force us. God has a will for you. Prophecies are your prophetic potential. But if you don't will yourself to walk in it, if you don't will yourself to prepare yourself, you don't will yourself to walk in obedience and to begin to walk towards it, it won't happen. It's conditional. God said it. That settles it when you believe it. When you act on it. You're not just a hearer, but you're a doer of the word. Our created future is always in response to our faith and our decisions. Well, I believe it's possible. Well, do you believe it's possible for you? What's the step? You got to take one step at a time. Jesus, if it's you, say the word and I'll walk on water. He walked once. He walked twice. And he, oh my gosh, I'm moving in the supernatural. And he got a little bit shaky, but Jesus was there and lifted him up. But you got to take the first step. What's the step God's wanting you to take this year? Maybe it's dreaming a little bit. Maybe it's getting out of the routine and your limitation. Maybe it's asking God for a new tongue because you've been praying in the same tongue for 20 years. God said, I'll give you new tongues. What do you believe? Break the limitation. Well, the economy, I don't know about the economy. Don't listen to the report of the world. God's economy is always prosperous. People are always making money. Rockefeller built the Rockefeller Tower in the middle of the Depression. Amy Seville McPherson built one of the greatest churches still going today. Matthew Barnard has it in the middle of the depression. Why? If you can believe it, if you can act on it, you're going to see it in your life. John 4 verse 34. What did Jesus say? My food, Jesus said. We all need food. What was his food? To do the will of the one who sent me to finish his work. Let's raise up a church where our food is our desire. The thing that fulfills us is doing the will of God walking in his purpose, walking in dominion. You can't live without food. Let's be a people. I can't live without doing the will of God. Woe am I if I don't preach? Woe am I if I'm not obedient to God? Well, it's hard sometimes, pastor. Yeah, you're just passing through hardship. Endure hardship as a good soldier and you'll see victory. Come on. God's producing something in you. God's producing tenacity in you. Well, I'm under a terrible spiritual battle right now. That's because the devil's trying to stop you right before your breakthrough. The area he attacks you the most is the area you're going to have dominion in. He's trying to distract you, so he throws everything he can against you, trying to wear you out. But I don't know because I've heard the Lord. I know the will of God. I'm walking in obedience to God, and I'm going to see goodness and mercy follow me. Come on, look behind. Come on, goodness, mercy, catch up. You're too far behind. God is going to prosper me. God is not mocked. What you sow, you will reap. If you're willing and obedient, you're going to eat the good of the land. It may take some time. God's working in you because he wants you to rule in the land. But 
you will eat the good of the land if you don't give up. John 5, verse 30, you have to speak from the will of God. Jesus never prayed for the sick. He never said, oh, Father, if it be your will, please heal this person. He said, rise up and walk. Take up your bed and walk. Go bathe in the, in the water. Spit in the mud and put it on your eyes. What did he do? He acted on the will of God. He, it wasn't, well, God, he knew the will of God. I do nothing unless I see my Father. What's the will of God? He knew God would take care of He knew God wanted to feed the hungry people. So he offered up to God. And God blessed it because he knew the will of God. You can't be uncertain about God's will in your life. That's why the word is so important. Build your life in the word of God. Whatever God said, that's it. I have no doubt that I'm going to prosper. Last week, Pastor Susan got a prophetic word. You're going to be very rich. I said, Lord, what about me? I'll take the the, the, the overflow. Are you here? But you know, it's not a surprise. Why? Because I'm in the, in the world, I'm in the, the marketplace to prosper. What am I working for? I'm here to prosper. God wants to be the head and not the tail. First and all, but God comes and gives you an encouragement in a time maybe where you're struggling to encourage you. But come on, our, high, our eyes are set on the prosperous and the riches not for us. So just we can have a nice watch and a car and all those things. We got a nice watch now. I got a nice house now. I got a nice car. It's not about that, another one. It's about being a blessing. It's about furthering his kingdom. It's about raising up marketplace minister, helping other people to prosper. What is the will of God? You got to speak the will of God into your life. Call those things that are not those they are. Surrender to his will and do the same thing that Jesus cared. Don't care what people think. Someone said this to me. They said, you know, coming to your church is one thing we realize. You know where you're going. We do. Come along for the ride. But if this is not where you want to go, then there's a lot of other great churches out there. We got to go where God's called us to do and fulfill our part. Come on. And we love everyone. We hope, you know, come along for the ride. Get a part of what God's doing. But we know where we're heading. We're not here to play church. We're not here to be like everybody else. And we're going to be like the church down the street. I'll go join them and help them. But God gives us distinctive. There's different tribes in the children of Israel. Why they had one. one. One were good with craftsmanship. One were good with the sword. Others were good with gold and silver. Come on, we all got a part to play. Not one is better than the other. But where are we going? Resonate with the vision. Know where we're going. And come on, get connected with what God wants you to do. With His will, His purpose. Don't be stubborn. Don't be stubborn. Come on, stubbornness keeps us from the purpose of God. It keeps us from the will of God. Well, God, if you want to do it, do it. But I'm not going to have a part of it. It won't happen. Again, He's not going to force us. Are you here? Positional righteousness and practical righteousness brings power in your life. You want to see greater power? Know who you are. Know whose you are. Be secure in in who God is. And and know it's not because of you. But allow the Holy Spirit to work in your life. Allow Him to form Christ's likeness in, in your life. Break out. You're not a victim anymore. Well, I've been through a hard time. I had a broken marriage. I grew up in a divorced family. We struggled when I was young. But come on. I got a good man. I'm moving on in God. Well, I've been divorced. Well, I lost my job. Well, I this, I that. Maybe you lost your job because you wouldn't quit. So now you're looking for what God has for you because he wanted you out of it. You never would have quit. So take the severance pay. Take the leave, cash out your leave and believe for a better job. I've seen it happen time and time again. 
People got their severance pay two weeks later, had a better paying, better job, better hours, and had money and extra severance pay. Are you here? No, don't limit God. Things happen. God's in control. All things work together for good. Sometimes God allows things to happen just to get us to recalibrate. Are you here? Know the will of God. That speaks of the revelation of God's word. Be in the will of God. That speaks of our obedience. Then do the will of God. Walk in dominion. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm going to walk in dominion this year. Tell someone behind you, say, you, you're going to walk in dominion this year. Stand in the authority of God. Know your position. Speak to the wind. Some of us were waiting for Jesus to speak to the winds in our life. All power and authority, he gave it to you. Speak to your own wind. Speak to your own finances. I'm just waiting on God. People have been waiting on God for 20 years. God's waiting on you. I know some missionaries, you know, some of us, we went to school with missionaries. Went for six months, came back. Well, I'm waiting on the Lord for the next trip. Just keep your hand to the plow. I went for six months and didn't come home for 16 and a half years. 18 years. Why? Because the will of God kept opening up doors and I was going here and going there. Flow with what God's doing in your life. Flow with the current revelation. Flow with the, 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 the leading of the Holy Spirit in your life and God will lead you. Can you take one more verse? Let's stand on our feet. He, Hebrews 11 and verse 32. The Bible says, And what shall I say? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon, of Barak, of Samson, of Jephthah, also of David and Samuel and the prophets, the heroes of our faith. Samuel was a little boy. David was a little mild-mannered shepherd. We look at all the people, those that people would have passed over. But God saw something in them they were willing to believe. And what does it say? It says, who through faith? Someone say through faith. They subdued kingdoms. They worked righteousness. They obtained promises. They stopped the mouths of lions. They quenched the violence of fire. They escaped the edge of the sword. Out of weakness, they were made strong. They became valiant in battle. And they turned to fight the armies of the aliens. Come on, why don't you put your name in there? Samuel is going to subdue kingdoms. Samuel is going to work righteousness. Catherine is going to obtain promises. Lace is going to stop the mouths of lions. Come on, Chris is going to quench the, the violence of fire. Ethan's going to escape the edge of the sword out of weakness. He's going to be strong. Come on. This year, I'm going to become valiant in battle. This year, I'm going to turn and I'm going to fight the armies. Come on. Lift up your hands. We're going to talk to the Lord. Rise up in faith right now. God, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done in our lives as it is in heaven, God. God, this morning, let us rise up. Let us break every limitation in our mind that we would know your will, God. God, for those of us that were out of your will, God, let the, the, the fear of the Lord come upon our lives. That God, we would repent. That we would come back into position. We come back into reign. We come back into alignment with your will. God, let us walk in dominion this year. That God, we're going to obtain. We're going to stop what needs to be stopped. We're going to bring about what you want to bring about, God. We thank you, God, for the Lord is a warrior. His name is the Lord. You are the King of kings. You are the Lord of lords. God, you are strong and mighty in battle. You're raising up a people who are called by your name that will walk in dominion, that will be salt and light, 
that will say our God's kingdom will come, his will will be done. We live not according to this kingdom, but God, we live according to your kingdom. God, let us be activated in the kingdom. Let us be activated in the dominion that you have called us, that we'll lay hold of your promises. We'll lay hold of the things that you have prepared for us in the name of Jesus. Come on, come on, come on. Chains are being broken this morning. Come on, wrong mindsets are being lifted off of us. Come on, we will be the church. We will do what you have called us to do as a church. Shout out about Tarabasete de 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 de